Welcome back to Span in the State. I am Kristen Bry here with Brian Noonan. And if you saw a church for sale on Zillow, would you consider buying it? What would you do with it once you bought it? Uh, well, our next guest did see a church on Zillow. And while she wasn't the one who bought it, she did write a story about the folks who did. Genevieve, Genevieve Redston is a real estate and business reporter for the Journal Sentinel. Genevieve, thanks for being here in person with us. Thanks so much for having me. So... How do, how does one sell a church? And is there real estate <laughs> is there like real estate uh, brokers involved? Like who is in, engaged in this transaction? Yeah, well, the realtor in this case is a guy who lives not too far from the church and okay. knew the parishioners quite well. And I think he's been around the block before. He's sold a lot of different kinds of properties, and this posed a unique challenge because. Not only are you dealing with all the real estate complexity, the zoning, you know, the buyers, the village board, you're also dealing with questions of something sacred and how to manage it. Yeah. That's what and, I was going to ask. Is it consecrated ground? I mean, it's it, is that a, an odd term? But it goes to what you were saying about it, it being a sacred space. So do they have to do something beforehand? Well, I think the challenge across the country is that um, all sorts of churches are emptying out, and uh, a lot of churches can't afford their uh, maintenance costs, and so they have to find buyers. And in some cases, it's a really good transition of ownership, and in some cases, it's a lot messier. Um, and interestingly, the Catholic Church is uh, estimated to be one of the biggest property owners in the world. Uh, when you think about all the different university campuses and church properties, even hospitals that are Catholic. Uh, but as a, a man who I quoted in the story told me, um, there's no guy in the Vatican with a spreadsheet of all these properties. <laughs> really? <laughs> no. I, that I find hard to believe. In fact, I wonder if the Vatican has a spreadsheet guy at all. But uh, <laughs> no, nobody is really tracking this. And so it's... Um, it's kind of left up to the local people so that was, to manage. So it's the it's is it the congregation? Is it the diocese? Like what is the order of operation of who's involved <laughs> once they're like, well, this one and and what is the amount of people still attending the church? How low does it have to be to be like, well, this doesn't make sense anymore? That's a good question about when uh, churches draw the line, and I think it kind of depends. Um, it was the decision of the diocese of Lacrosse to. Uh, close down this parish, which just means that the parishioners who attend mass there are absorbed into another neighboring parish. Um, and so, you know, they still have a place to go on Sundays. It might be a little further back. Um, but, but yeah, the question of, of what it, you know, when you draw the line and who you pass it off to is really tricky. And I think that's something that a lot of religious leaders are still dealing with. This is still kind of an early question. Going back to what you said earlier about the the zoning and all that, how difficult has it been for this church in particular, mm -hmm. or for other churches, to go from I'm, are they commercially zoned as a church, and then to to go either to a business or to stay commercial or go residential? How hard a transition is that? You know, that's a good question, and I don't want to misspeak. This the zoning stuff came up quite a bit, and I I kind of dipped a toe into it, but yeah. frankly, it's a whole can of worms. Yeah. Um, I think in this case, a, a tricky question that came up was the cemetery because um, 
you know, people are buried there and will continue to be buried there. Because people have already bought plots. Yeah, people yeah. people are waiting to be buried there. So uh, they had to create an easement for that cemetery. And so that made it a little bit complicated because right now um, it's a residential property. It's a family living in this church. But um, how to manage the cemetery was a little trickier. When you were researching and digging into this story, did you find <laughs> how many churches have been sold in Wisconsin? Well, this is the other thing. It's very hard to track that. There are some estimates, but again, like just like there's no guy in the Vatican with a spreadsheet, uh, there's no one central place that this is all counted. You have all different sorts of you know, churches. You have Lutherans, you have Catholics, mm-hmm. Presbyterians. Um, there has been a rise in um, evangelical congregations, but everybody else is seeing a decline. Um, but what's interesting about evangelicals, mm-hmm. and this is an anecdote and a best guess, I feel like a lot of times they're in strip, their churches are in strip malls. Like, yeah, they have a coffee shop. Or yeah, something. and, and yeah. not what you think of the steeple and the brick and the mm-hmm. old beautiful buildings that they're plopping in different places. Is there not an exchange that could happen there as far as evangelicals <laughs> moving into the Catholic church that's been empty? That's a good question. I think you have, have to... enough people in yeah. their congregation. Yeah, I don't know. And maybe that's not what they're looking for. I didn't speak with any evangelical leaders, but I, I have been to a couple churches like that. And I've seen, you know, they, they do have more infrastructure. They have it feels a little bit more contemporary, um, which is maybe why it's drawing in more people. You know, you have a coffee shop you have a jumbotron in some cases it's a rock to... concert <laughs> the, the jumbotron i can't imagine that in the the old no. catholic church necessarily no, I don't catholics know if, it's aren't big on if it's equipped with the, the technology <laughs> like the electricity needed for that but our guest is genevieve redston who is a business reporter for the journal sentinel when we come back i want to talk more about the ideas the big silicon valley ideas of what to do with all this church <laughs> real estate this is spanning the state on wtmj Welcome back to Spanning the State. I am Kristen Bry here with Brian Noonan and Genevieve Redston talking about church real estate and more empty churches, what we're going to do with them, how hard it is to have that transaction. But in researching this this story, you talk to some people who have big ideas for what we could do with some of these empty churches. And what were some of them? Well, I'm a Notre Dame alum, and so I had seen some talk um, from my alma mater about this very question. Um, Notre Dame just started its church properties initiative a few years back, and they're trying to bring together people um, from all sorts of backgrounds on this question to think big about what you can do with church real estate. And so there's sort of a Silicon Valley bent to some of the ideas (laughs) Which is a little funny when you're thinking about the Catholic Church specifically. <laughs> well, it, as someone who I spent the first part of my career in Silicon Valley at tech companies and imagining the the mantra of iterate or die and applying it to the Catholic Church just feels weird. Yeah, they're not known for being so progressive. <laughs> no, moving fast and breaking things mm-hmm. now. Yeah, fail fast, fail often. <laughs> Um, yeah, but, you know, I think the idea is this is a really practical problem. And even though um, it, these are sacred properties, they also are just properties. The roof leaks and you got to pay for it. And if you don't have people sitting in pews every Sunday paying the bills, you have to find another way to do it. Uh, so one of the ideas that came up is a startup that's trying sort of an Airbnb for church model, which is, you know, <laughs> the idea of. Let's say you have a guest bedroom in your house and most of the time it's empty. You can rent it out on Airbnb. Likewise, 
churches, for the most part, are empty. They Their big day is Sunday, and the rest of the week, uh, there's a lot of space that's sitting and could be used by someone else. So maybe you rent it out as a daycare or something else. That's interesting. Yeah, I, I, well, I was under the impression that when you said Airbnb, they were going to make it into like places for vacations. That would have been fun. <laughs> I would well, like the stained glass window and a steeple. I'd like to, you know. Well, and that's what surprised me about the, look on Zillow. the the church in Central Wisconsin in Cronenwetter. Uh, the which I had to in look where? up Cronenwetter. Oh. I actually had to look up to make sure I was pronouncing it right. Ch- churches are beautiful, but this sold for only two hundred ten thousand dollars, and so the it feels like this is property that you don't want to just tear down especially when you think of right. catholic churches you think of the the stained glass windows and there's so much beauty in them that even if you're not going to use it for a church there's a lot of value there to be a beautiful setting for event spaces even daycares right. but uh econ- like commerce stores and I was at a brewery in uh south southwest michigan that it was is in an old church and it's gorgeous you know it's still got the exposed beams and the stained glass windows um, and you know, I've always wanted to drink in church, so it was perfect. <laughs> the wine didn't really get suffice wine, for you as an altar boy. Let's just leave it at that. I, I did sample some of the non-consecrated wine. <laughs> well, Genevieve, what is also, there was another we work worship. Yeah. <laughs> well, the idea, I guess that uh, the quote was you could have, I think Catholics in the morning and Methodists in the afternoon or something, you know, maybe we all pitch in. Um, like we're sharing an office space or something <laughs> and, you know, you can alter through all the different, uh, denominations, just a couple things up front for every, uh, for every religion that comes in. And yeah, you know, the, I'd have to leave it to the altar boys to figure out the specifics, but right. <laughs> maybe you could weigh in. That <laughs> seems less thought out. So that seems like a, a newer, uh, idea that take, like, is going to need a little bit more finessing Listen, than the building, Airbnb you need a building. You'd- Go in, get your congregation in there. Maybe I bring out a Buddha in the afternoon. Maybe I put the crucifix up in the morning. I bring in something else. I bring in uh, whatever. What well, Genevieve, has this story opened a can of worms for you? Or are you now fascinated with this trend? I am, yes. And I'm, I'm always interested in how we have to sort of repurpose uh, our built environment to the way that we're living our lives, which is always changing. And so, you know, this, there's a lot of talk of changing office buildings into apartments. And that's also complicated. And you would think, hey, you already yeah. built it, but you got to move the plumbing around and the windows are an issue. Um, likewise, when people stop going to church, but they still want community in some form, maybe they can find it in the same building, but it'll have to be changed somehow. It's super fascinating. Well, Genevieve Rudston is a real estate and business reporter for the Journal Sentinel. Genevieve, thank you so much for spending time with us today. Thanks so much.